Welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. And I have here with me a very exciting guest who happens to be even much more of a podcasting pro than I am. I have Sarah Powers. Sarah, will you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you for having me, Sarah. We're uh, developing a little um, routine here ourselves because you've been on my podcast a couple of times. I'm Sarah Powers. I'm the co-host of the Mom Hour podcast and also co-owner of Life Listened, which is a podcast-related coaching, consulting business, creative services business. My co-host and business partner is Megan Francis, who has also been on your Best of Both Worlds uh, podcast, as have I. So we're we're uh, making the rounds here with each other. I am a mom of three kids. Uh, I live in Santa Barbara, California. My kids are 13, 11, and eight and a half this year. And yeah, I work fairly full-time from home um, as a professional podcaster. So at least full-time in terms of all of the hours where the children are at school, where they blessedly are this year, you know, with a full schedule and not shortened days or quarantine weeks so far. So, so far, so good. Fun fact, whenever I talk to Sarah on a microphone, I always feel like, wow, her voice is so slow and calm because I listen to all of my podcasts <laughs> at 1.5 speed and I almost never miss an episode of the mom hour. So I'm used to hearing her like rattling things off <laughs> at a rapid clip. So I'm like, oh, it's calm real life, Sarah. I it's love so it. funny because I do actually think I talk fairly quickly in real life, at least for a Californian. I've been told before I talk way too fast to be a West Coaster, but I am my whole life a West Coaster. So... I love it. Well, the main thing we have you here, we're going to have you talk about a lot of your planning rituals and favorites. But the thing that got me all excited to talk to you is that my listeners have been asking for some deep dives on digital planning techniques. And you raised your hand and said, I have found that Todoist is like my new thing. I have found a way it really, really works for me. And I have gotten in to a high, high functional level there. And I got really, really excited. I think you sent me some screenshots of like how it worked (laughs) with both your personal planning and your... So anyway, I'm excited to hear you talk about that. But even before you delve into that, tell our listeners your prior system, because I also find that one a little bit interesting. Yeah. And actually, Sarah, I have learned so much from you by interviewing you for the Mom Hour and then listening to Best Laid Plans. I think in my bones, I'm an organized productivity-centered person, but I also don't think I have as much... I haven't been as into the systems as a lot of people. So it's like I have the personality of someone who'd be really into planners and organizing. But for whatever reason, I, I haven't gotten into paper planners, really. I have loved digital tools most of my adult life. And then when I would find a workaround or find something, you know, a journal or something, I tended to do the quickest, easiest way. And I wasn't into highlighters or pens or color coding or bullet journaling. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I I was just never something I've been into. So I'm like, I kind of straddle both worlds maybe a little bit in that I don't super get into all of the paper planners, but I love to hear you discuss them. But at the same time, I love, I mean, I'm definitely a list maker and a, you know, a productive person. So my, my old system for several years, I would say since I started, you know, owning my own business and working part-time while my kids were in school, I had a moleskin notebook, just a lined moleskin notebook that was like an all-purpose journal. I think it it most closely resembled like the bullet journal method because it wasn't a calendar. It didn't have planner pages with the week or the month. It was purely a lined journal. I didn't call it a bullet journal because I wasn't really familiar with that method, but it was basically my working to-do list. And I would, you know, the moleskin notebooks are, they can open up nice and flat. 
and I would have like a two page spread and I would make to do lists kind of separated loosely into the categories of my life. So on the left hand, I had two for work, one for my life listened company and one for the mom hour podcast. And then on the right, I would have two for personal one was kind of a general personal to do list and one had to do with the kids in school and stuff. But it was all handwritten. And it was all one running task list. And I would just cross stuff off. And it wasn't even like based on the week or the month, I would just keep that two page spread open till I felt like it was too full, too messy. And then I'd flip over and I'd kind of rewrite and start over. And then the way the digital fit into that is my calendar was always Google Calendar and was always very digital based. And I like technology. I love conquering technology and making it work for me. Like that's really satisfying. So like, you know, remember back in the day when it was always like really hard to sync your work calendar with your personal phone and getting the apps to talk to each other. Now the cloud has made this a lot easier. But like 10 years ago, that was like a challenge depending on what your work was using. And I looked at those challenges like I'm going to tame this technology and make it work for me. And I've always been like that, actually. So I had a very robust digital calendar. And what I would do is I would print my week view of the week ahead, print it and fold that piece of eight and a half by 11 paper right in that moleskin notebook. So I had a pen and paper to-do list. I had a folded printout of my week. And then that printout of my week became a very dynamic piece of paper. Sometimes I might make notes about the meal plan on the bottom. If something got canceled, I'd I'd cross it off or I'd make notes. And so it, it's like it's almost like it took the digital snapshot of my week and it brought it to pen and paper when it was time. And it still lived in the cloud, of course, but then it was in front of me and I had something I could touch and feel. So that was a really long way of saying that served me for a long time. And then I'll just, I'll just finish up by saying the task list was not serving me. The, the way managing those to-dos in that Moleskin notebook as my business got busier, probably before the pandemic, but I, I feel like right around the pandemic, it just wasn't serving me. I had a really hard time prioritizing what to do each day in these running lists. And I also had trouble, like if a thought came into my head, like, oh, shoot, I haven't RSVP'd to that birthday party or, oh, I've got to call that person back. I didn't always have my notebook there. And by the time I got to my notebook, I forgot to write it down. And if I was really, really busy, I'd open that notebook and just have no idea where to start because nothing was prioritized and nothing was really tied to the calendar. It was just a running list. So I'll stop there because you probably have questions, but that's that's the state of things. And that served me for a long time. But when I found Todoist, what I was really looking for was not so much calendar planning, but task management. And I know the two are interrelated, but that's what I was looking for. Well, it sounds like in the past, you kept those things incredibly separate. Like you had your tasks and you had your calendar and like, there wasn't a lot of forethought on like, I'm going to do these tasks on this day and these tasks on this day, which is probably why it was very stressful to look at this like burgeoning list and be like, oh God. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I can think of nothing more stressful than actually looking at like every open loop in my life on a page without like having an idea of how that was going to fit. I do. I just love the idea of you printing your Google Calendar because I always feel like when I'm doing paper calendar spreads, my goal is for it to look like a neat little Google mm-hmm. Calendar, but like on paper. Question, if you made a change, like you mentioned, like yeah. adding stuff, you didn't then add it back to digital. Like at that point, it was like, I'm on paper or did you still... If it originated digitally, like if it was a meeting that got moved, it probably changed digitally just because it did. And And so I was still using my digital calendar. But if it was like... If it was something that got added, 
and it was something small, like a play date or like a quick phone call, I might write it chicken scratch on the printout and never add it to my calendar if it only if it really only affected me. But often with work stuff, as you know, like other people are invited. So yeah, both ended up being fairly current, but something about being able to mark up that week view and to add things to it that I would never add to my regular calendar, like, you know, pick up prescription or something. I'd scratch it in on Wednesday, but I might not put that on my digital calendar. You know what I mean? Because it's just going to go to the pharmacy or whatever. Totally makes sense. And it's easier, I would argue. I mean, some might argue against this, but I think on the fly, adding something in with a scrawl is a little bit faster than opening Mm -hmm. up an app and scrolling to the exact date and stuff like that. Especially when you're just talking about your own. I was, you know, the kids were at school. It was just me. How am I going to use my time? I might pencil in when I wanted to do yoga or go for a walk. I'm not going to put that on my digital calendar. But once I can see the week at a glance, I would write those things in. Totally. Okay, we're going to transition to now times. After our very brief ad break, we will be right back. Organization always gives you time. Brian Tracy said a minute spent planning saves you 10 in execution. You already know this. That is why you follow Sarah and listen to the Best Laid Plans podcast. The Sunday Basket is a natural partner for your planning routine. The Sunday Basket contains and corrals all your ideas, paper notes, to-do lists, and mail safely until you're ready for your weekly planning time. The Sunday Basket system has been proven to save five hours each week once you establish a weekly habit, which usually takes four to six weeks. My name is Lisa Woodruff, and I'm the founder and creator of the Sunday Basket and the 100-Day Home Organization Program. Sarah and I chatted in episode 33, and she's been sharing her Organized 365 journey with you here on Best Laid Plans. Organized 365 is proud to sponsor the Best Laid Plans podcast. You can find out more about the Sunday Basket on sundaybasket.com or try our free seven-day mini course by going to organize365.com slash mini course. Today's episode is brought to you in part by PrepDish. If you're headed into a busy spring, and aren't we all, I definitely think it's worth taking a look at what PrepDish has to offer. I personally have been using PrepDish for years now to plan our family's meals. It is truly so much easier and better than what I could come up with on my own. Every Friday, I receive a new weekly meal plan straight to my inbox. This includes an ingredient list, a prep plan, and all the recipes you need for the week. There are separate plans for gluten-free, paleo, low-carb, and super-fast. And now they've even added a protein boost option. For years, we've been using the super-fast menu as a scaffold for our weekly dinner plans. I love that I can easily make adaptations or substitutions if I need to, but also the recipes are genuinely really well thought out and truly taste great. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to check it out. So this is a great way to see if the plans will work for you. Check out PrepDish.com slash plans for this amazing deal. Again, that's PrepDish.com slash plans for your first two weeks free. If you try it, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code plans for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. 
Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick and what I'm hoping to wear all season is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are back. So that was your old system. Yep. Now I want you to talk about this new like, world of Todoist that you discovered. And I'm particularly curious on how it does help you with like task selection for each day. And maybe I'm guessing lowers the stress level a little bit. So much lowered stress. So much. So I have to give ultimate credit to my good friend, Christine Coe, who you might know from the Edit Your Life podcast and 20 other businesses that she runs. Christine is an incredibly productive person. She like owns or touches like five businesses a day. She never stops working, but she's warm and generous and pleasant and, you know, incredibly giving of her time. And so she's just this kind of like, I don't know, unicorn icon of uh, what I think of as productivity, but meaningful productivity, not just like grindstone productivity, because she builds in time for connection and for self-care. And so I just really admire her. And we kind of like, we know that we're both productivity nerds. And so we, I had heard her talk about Todoist and I'm, I'm like very slow to adopt these things or I think about it. And I'm like, okay, well, if Christine likes Todoist, I even at texted her once. I'm like, what's the, what's this Todoist, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, this was maybe over a six months or a year. And it was toward the end of 2020. So toward the end of last year, and it, I remember it was December because it's a f- maybe I guess for it's maybe not a funny time to be thinking about planning because people like you, Sarah, are thinking about the year ahead. But I thought I'm going to give it a try and I'm going to start really slow. So what I didn't want is to pay for a premium app service and like switch my whole system over without really knowing if I liked it. So I started really slow and I like courted Todoist. We courted each other for probably about six weeks. And then I did purchase the premium version. So Todoist is an app you can have on your phone. There's a desktop app or you can use it in your browser. And it is largely task management. It is not, you can connect it to your calendar, but in where we're talking about like planners that are sort of calendar based versus task management, Todoist is definitely, it is a to-do list app, but it has so many ways that you can, I guess, make it smart so that your 
the rhythm that you like to do things and the way you prioritize and the way you set deadlines, it ends up feeling kind of like a calendar. It orients me like a calendar would. So I found it, I downloaded it, I started to use it. And I think the benefits to me, I'm sure you'll have questions about some of the specific functionality, but if I had to like talk about just the high level benefits, a big one for me is recurring rhythmic tasks that happen over and over again. Something about my job that can feel stressful is I do the same I do the same activities week after week and you know you produce podcasts and there are certain things that recur with every single episode needs show notes and needs to do this and needs to be edited and this and this and this. And with my paper system either those things were slipping off my radar cuz it's like they happen and this I guess is prized every week like oh my gosh it's Tuesday I have to do this again. Or I was almost putting them ahead of other things because they were they were the most top of mind. And sometimes I was letting bigger, more important, but perhaps less recurring things slip off my radar. So it was like there was no um, there was no automation there. And the beauty of automation in Todoist is those things just I put it in once that like every Monday I proof the show notes for the Mom Hours Tuesday episode, and I don't have to think about putting that on my list. It just on Monday, I click today. And so in Todoist, when things have a deadline, you can look at you can look at your week ahead, you can look at just today. So I could set a to do list item for like next Thursday, put it there with a deadline of next Thursday. And then on Thursday, when I click today, it'll be on that today's list. And I, I know I have to do it that day. So I don't know if I'm explaining that very well. But the ability to put in recurring tasks that are relatively low importance, but they take up time was just like a huge, like removing a huge part of like that. Oh, have to do that. Oh, have to remember to do that. Oh, it's Wednesday. This has to happen. It's just in there once. It's like a set it and forget it because I know I'm going to do it. But depending on my workload that day, I don't want to forget till the end of the day or whatever. So recurring tasks has been a big one. I would say assigning deadlines to everything has also been a big one because it creates that priority that I was missing in my paper system. Like you said, a big long laundry list is stressful until you decide like what has to be done today. And it took me a while in Todoist because some things don't really have a deadline. And it took me a while to learn like how arbitrary do I want to be? Sometimes it's as simple as like, I don't want this to stress me out this week, but I don't want to forget about it. So I'm going to give it a deadline and I'm using air quotes, a deadline of next Monday. It's not really due next Monday, but that's the next time I want to see it in front of me. And at that point, I can make a decision either to do it or to, to calendar it or to like to punt it forward again. So using that deadline feature allowed me to like forget about something until it was time to think about it, which was really freeing. And then the last thing in terms of like removing stress is when I talked about that notebook not always being within grasp, there was a big gap between me having a thought. And remember, this is like in pandemic times of three kids at home running two businesses, like we moved in there, having a thought fly in and feeling like it flew out before I even had a chance to capture it anywhere in any system, like any notebook. And so to do is because it's on my phone or my computer, there's one of the little sections is just called inbox. And your inbox is what I think of it is like where you jot anything. You don't have to know which like category it falls into when it's due, like what color code it is. Like it's literally sort of like the 
like the top of the funnel. Like I don't want to, I don't want this thought to leave my mind. I'm going to put it in the inbox. And then later when I'm looking at my whole to-do list, I can assign that to a project. I can assign it to a day. I can give it a deadline and I can do some. And so that ability to capture something instantly before I forgot it was serving me way better than my paper system was. So those are just so yes, high level. The word capture is exactly right. I mean, that's yeah. like in getting things done. That's in Cal Newport's capture, configure, control, or some people will just call it brain dump. But yeah. yes, it's it, to have one bucket where like the little things that fly in can then be processed at a later time. Right. I totally do that on paper, but I see how you would always have your phone with you. Yeah. And so in some ways, that's like a more reliable way of making sure you're never going to miss a capture. Yeah. That totally makes sense. I do have many questions. Yes, yeah. <laughs> please. I know because I. Okay. it's like, in, unless you're looking at it, some of that probably didn't even make sense. And maybe you can send a couple screenshots. Sure. That would be really fun. But okay, so I, I'm hearing like lists organized by deadline and time horizon. Do you also like create separate lists of tasks by like home, school, work, et yeah. cetera, so that you can like decide which one of them you want to look at at a time? Yeah. And that's so that's what I love about it. So in Todoist, they're called projects. And I think the free account, you're allowed to have five projects. And then with paid, you can probably have unlimited. So at like the top tree level, my projects are, I think they're work, personal, and 2021 goals because I set my goals in Todoist and I'm using the Sarah Hart Unger quintile method for the most part. And so my top, like the top three projects are really just work, personal, and goals. But then each of those can break down into sub projects. So under work, I have the Mom Hour, Life Listened, Kid Literate, which is a podcast I co host with my daughter. And each of those could have sub projects. So you really have a nested system and you can choose colors for them. You can choose the the tech functionality of Todoist is so smart. And I read a lot of blog posts and watch a lot of videos when I first started because not everything is intuitive. And I wanted to learn the little shortcuts, like simple things. Like if I'm on my computer and I hit the letter Q, a new to-do item will pop up. So I literally just hit Q and type and then that's that inbox, that capture, like when I don't want anything to interrupt like that thought. So little keyboard shortcuts. And so I really do think in projects. And then when I talked about looking at the day, the week, all the tasks are the same. So the tasks are tied to a project. But if you give them a deadline, you can then switch to look at the time view. So if I clicked today, I would see everything due today from my various projects. And you can also do really smart little like I guess it would be like a smart search or like if you use filters in your Gmail, it would be like a smart mailbox where you're you're giving it parameters. So I have one little like parameter search that says like, show me everything work related in the next five days. And I set that up with rules because I don't want to see anything that's too far out. And I don't want to see anything that's overdue or due today. I want to see like the tomorrow through the next five days. And so you can get really like really specific and again, that is one of the benefits of digital is that the information is there. Like each of these tasks, it's tied to a project. It may or may not have a deadline. You can set priorities. You can set all these different criteria. And then the way you want it to display, you just tell the program what to show you. And that has been, inc again, incredibly freeing for me to not have to see everything at once. 
I get, so whenever I hear about like electronic systems, my mind is always like, how is that better than just like using Apple Notes? But I see why, because on Apple Notes, you can't like tag to a specific horizon or a specific day and then get it to like generate a custom list for how you want to look at it. Exactly. So each day, so you you mentioned that you specifically go ahead and you look at your, like what's in the next five days list. Mm -hmm. And then do you always generate like a daily list? And and how does it do that? So it does that for you if, based on the deadlines that are there. And so that is often the thing I'm looking at the most is the today list. And that has been what's most helpful because it kind of crowds out any other noise. Now, sometimes I put off things on the today list. I get, especially, I I tend to do this on a Monday because I will, like I said, I might park something on Monday that I want to think about on Monday, but then I get to Monday and I'm like, that's not actually going to happen today. I'm going to put that on a different day. And it doesn't feel like, it's not like procrastinating. It's just like, okay, yes, now I see everything that is here and I'm going to reallocate some of these things to a different day. And going back to those recurring recurring tasks, I have lots of personal and home-related things that recur once a week or twice a week. I have like watering these two big plants that I bought that need to be watered every 10 days, which is like such a weird frequency. So that's on there. So, I mean, of course, I have all my work tasks and stuff, but then I'll just be like, it's like a little surprise. Like, oh, today's the day I water those plants. Okay. Like, it just told me to do it. So I'm going to do it. And same thing with like taking the bins out to the curb for the recycling and things that like, it's not that we're necessarily going to forget, but something about seeing that day at a glance in the morning makes me feel like I'm not playing catch up of like, oh, shoot, like, you know, it's I look at that to do that today view so many times throughout the day, that I know we've got to take the bins out today. And I know whose turn it is because it's assigned it's on one of the kids projects. So I think another huge benefit of that is like the mental load aspect, because you don't have to think about whether you might remember and like have that little thing going in your head, which again, some people might do on paper, but it is kind of a pain in the butt to like write a recurring task on every single Thursday or whatever. So I totally see the value in that. Just to give one more example, I'm a big fan of using these productivity systems for the joy and the fun in our lives. We moved here a year, like 14 months ago. And the first spring, we started seeing baby quail, like in the creek behind our house. And I just, it was like March 22nd or something. And I just put a Todoist for that day next year to look for baby quail. Because I wanted to remember, like, when was it that we first started seeing the baby quail? So I just think, I think there are ways to, the mental load is exactly right. It's things that we're going to probably plug along and be productive because we're moms and we're productive people. But to trust that you don't have to like recall that information all the time constantly, it does ease the mental load. That is so cool. I love the baby quail example. That is like, that's such a good idea. Like things that are yearly or, you know, go to the pumpkin patch or like other seasonal things. Like there's no reason you can't just put that on as a yearly recurring and then you will automatically be reminded of that fun event. I love that. Okay, well, we could talk to Doist all day. I got to be honest, like I, I, a lot of times when I hear about apps, I'm like, oh, I might try that, but I don't really mean it. But I actually think I might try this for real. 
<laughs> because I do see I have a few to-do items that seem to get lost in my Apple Notes universe mm-hmm. that I think if they were tied to a time horizon, it would be a little bit more useful. So I'm really, really excited. So we will, of course, link to Todoist. And yeah, if Sarah has a couple of screenshots, yeah. she'll take out all the you know private stuff to mm-hmm. share. That might be really, really fun for people to see. Now, before we go, I have a couple other fun planning questions for you. So first of all, you have three kids and I always say like, it's my family in like five years because it's like my same Mm -hmm. age kids, but plus five years. So that's always so fun for me. I'm just starting to like help my oldest plan and Mm -hmm. she's like a natural planner as well, I think, which helps. But I'm curious, have you like been a part of like teaching your kids how to do this executive function type stuff or have you just let them figure it out on their own? Any tips? Yeah, I would say their schools have done a pretty good job on things like schoolwork and homework um, and providing planners. And I have tried not to step on teachers' toes or confuse things in that regard. So I've taken a lighter touch and haven't, I haven't pushed planning too hard. But my oldest is 13 and she responds really well actually to digital tools. I think she has a harder time keeping track of papers and paper planners. So I did get her set up on Todoist with projects that we can share. And that is another feature that you can you can share and assign things to other people. So my husband and I have a couple projects that we share. We can both add to, we can add to a grocery list, yada yada. But it's not all about Todoist. But that was a good tool for her that I have gotten her set up with. I think I try usually around like New Year's and the end of the year, we always try to do, we usually do those big little feelings workbooks together. Have you seen those, Sarah? We can can link to those too. She's like a, her name's Alexandra and she's a whole line of printables and it's all growth mindset and goal setting stuff for kids and teens and families. So she has really cool printable packets at the end of the year that really help with that reflecting back on last year and thinking about goals and growth mindset stuff for the coming year. So I do that with my kids and encourage them to do. So that I would call like at more of the long-term and like visionary planning and stuff that I think you are so powerful with, with with your long-term goal setting, which has never been my strong suit. I'm much better with this, like let's whip today into shape, but I'm not always as good about like, what are my quarterly goals and how does that fit into my annual goal. So that is something I can definitely recommend to other parents and you can link that up. And they're like, they're paid printables, but she has a podcast and other free resources as well. And it's called Big Life Journal. I said Big Little Feelings, which is totally a great resource for parents. And those of you listening who are probably like Big Little Feelings, that is totally like about, um, that's like a parenting Instagram that has great stuff about like managing tantrums and stuff. Also great. Also link that up in your show notes. But the thing I'm talking about is Big Life Journal. And those are the printables that are great for goal setting for kids. And so we do those at the year end. In terms of the day-to-day executive functioning, we have a big whiteboard in our kitchen and the kids are used to looking at the whiteboard. And just for you to look ahead, when your youngest can read, it is really like, then everybody can be looking at the same thing, same piece of information. And I used to do things like even when I had pre-readers, if we were going on a trip, I would print them a packing list and give them little things to check off. So I guess my list making and my love of checking things off has totally like it has worked its way into our family culture. But I wouldn't say that I am actively like training or teaching them any one particular method, but I probably just by osmosis, they're getting some of it. They all appreciate it. My eighth grader this year said, mom, can you help me make a morning checklist? You know, because she knows she does better with a list. 
And we made it on the computer and laminated it. And now she uses a little dry erase marker to kind of check it off and then we can wipe it off. So. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I'm, I've been in the osmosis definitely happens. I think the kids will notice what you were doing. And I was so excited when my middle child who's a boy was like, I want a planner. And I'm like, yes. Okay. Now <laughs> I really, I know I've done my work. My youngest still can't read. And instead of reading the whiteboard, she erases what is on it. Right. So we are just in that zone yes. still, but I can't wait for <laughs> to come out of it. That is awesome. Any fun planner fails to share? Is there any system you've ever tried that was like, no, this is not this is not the one for me? Well, this year, when I kind of got really into Todoist right at the end of 2020, I wasn't ready to let go of having nothing on paper. And I actually, I wanted to do your goal setting Um, And some of your tracking, like I've been tracking what I've been reading and what we watch on TV and what podcasts I listen to. So I knew I wanted something on paper, but it wasn't really going to be my calendar. And so I I did get another Moleskine notebook, a different one this time that has a monthly, you can look at the whole month at a glance, which I thought I might like that even though I have it digitally, I might like to see that. And then it has a lot of blank pages that I've been using for different journaly type stuff. But the, the kind of fail that was funny is Moleskine is a European company and their their week start on Monday. And I had not had a Monday start in any of my digital tools. But with your digital calendars, you can change it. You can specify, like, I want a Monday start. And I know all your all your planner listeners are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We like everybody I'm sure has their opinions about a Monday start versus a Sunday start. It had never been an issue for me because it, my digital had defaulted to Sunday start. Most monthly calendars that you hang on the wall have the Sunday start. But this notebook I bought had a Monday start. And I was like, well, if I'm going to, if my brain is going to like adjust back and forth, then I'm going to change my Google calendar, everything digitally to a Monday start. Like I don't want to, but because I bought this notebook, I want it all to match. And I did. And Sarah, it just took me like, it's still, I mean, we're in, we're recording this in the end of September. And I still am like, wait, why did I write that on Wednesday when it's on Thursday? So I don't know. It was probably like trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. I wanted something on paper. The thing that I bought that was paper happened to have a Monday start. And then I kind of forced the rest of my calendaring into that mold. And I don't know, it's led to some funny conversations. Like if you ask people if they think the week starts on Monday or Sunday, people have very strong, very strong opinions about this. I mean, the convention in the planning world is definitely that the monthly view could be either. Okay. And I agree. Japanese and European brands tend to be more Monday start and American tend to be more Sunday start. But I don't think there are any weekly planner spreads that I can think of that start with the left being a Sunday. Well, that's true. You're right. A weekly weekly would start. And I think, yeah, you're right. But when I print my Google Calendar... It was printing Sunday on the left and Saturday on the right, the way I used to do it. And that's the part that I changed that kept like looking so weird to me at first. So it was like a retraining. I don't know if that's a fail so much as like, it's a very good example of when you tweak one thing in your system, like the dominoes start to fall in other parts of your system. Like you get a new meal planning app. Well, that's now going to change like where you write down your meal plan or whatever. So it's just kind of funny. And that is why this podcast always has plenty of things to talk about because you change one thing and then it's all moving parts. And like, even I can't stick to a Well, I definitely can't seem to stick to a stable system these days, but that's okay. It's the evolving is part of the fun. Well, any other like product or I don't know, like planning or organizing related love that you can think of that you want to share? If not, that's okay. I think I just totally put you on the spot with this one. No, that's okay. 
I would just, no, I would reiterate the ones that I've said, which is Todoist, which is the free app. And then I do pay for the pro. And that Big Life Journal for Kids has some really cool stuff for families to do um, at all times of the year. But we tend to do it around the holidays and the new year. So if I think of anything else, I will message you so you can pop in the show notes. I love that. I'm off with the kids during New Year's. So I'm totally gonna gonna add that as one of our fun activities. So awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Remind everybody where they can find you if they haven't found you already, which I'm sure many have. Well, I would say if you're listening to a podcast and you like podcasts, just listen to the mom hour. That's um we've been going six and a half years. We're not slowing down. We're doing all kinds of great stuff over there. Um, you can throw links to my personal Instagram, which is at powers of mine, and the mom hours Instagram at the mom hour in the show notes. But I would say your listeners are probably already podcasty people. So there is no shortage of me. And you'll get to meet my co-host, Megan, um, at the Mom Hour. We publish one or two episodes a week, year round. We never stop. So come on over. Yay. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Sarah. Thanks for having me. It was so much fun chatting with Sarah Powers. I truly do love listening to her on the Mom Hour along with her co-host, Megan. So if you have kids or are thinking of having kids someday, that is definitely a top podcast that you'll want to check out. I also am not kidding when I said that I feel like I will give Todoist a try. For me, I think it might replace some of the lists I keep in Apple Notes. I certainly don't see it replacing paper for me anytime soon, but I could see it augmenting my brain, especially when it does come to some of those recurring tasks. So we will be back next week with more planning fun and lots of forward-looking content as we start to think about 2022 and some more fun guests headed your way as well. If you have suggestions for guests or planners to review or anything else or questions, you can always send them by my way via my blog, theshoebox.com. Just leave a comment or send me an email at shoeboxblog at gmail.com or just hit me up as a direct message on Instagram, shoebox underscore plans for my planner account and the underscore shoebox, S-H-U-B-O-X for my regular account. All right. Happy Monday if you're listening to this on the day it comes out and have a wonderful week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.